read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. One of these days, we are all going to face God at his divine court of justice. This morning we want to look at God's roll call. Romans chapter 14 verse 12, Romans 14 verse 12 we read, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So this roll call is going to be a time of accountability. This divine roll call cannot be manipulated. It's going to be a fair trial. There will be no appeal. There will be no parole. It's going to be a final judgment. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27, we read, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. This roll call is going to be at the time of death, when we breathe our last breath. That is when God is going to determine our final destination whether we're going to live in heaven forever or whether we're going to go into eternal damnation. And as we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 3, Ecclesiastes 11 3, I'm just going to read the last part. It reads, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. So that means our spiritual condition at the time of death will determine or whether we are guilty or not guilty at God's roll call. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16, we will also read 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We see here that some people have already answered their roll call. Some people have died, and we are anticipating 
a great event, the rapture of the saints. So during this rapture, those who have died in Christ will be raised. And those of us who are alive, who are saved, and who are ready to meet our Lord, will be changed in the twinkle of an eye. It will be breaking news, but the children of God will be gone to be with Jesus in mid-air. Between the rapture and now, we also have death. The rapture is an event that we are expecting. But before the rapture, any of us can be called home. And so, we are not just waiting for the rapture, but we are waiting for when the Lord will call us. And on that day, when the Lord will call us, that will be our will call. In Matthew chapter 25, reading from verse 31, I'll read from 31, Matthew 25, 31 to 34. And then verse 41. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a sheep divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. On his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. When Jesus spoke to the disciples about the end time, we find that in Matthew chapters 24 and 25, he was referring here to the tribulation saints, those who will survive the great tribulation. We don't want to attempt to risk to become tribulation saints. Today, we live under grace. The blood of Jesus Christ is available to cleanse us from our sins. We have every opportunity to be saved. So if we cannot make it under grace, I don't know how we're going to make it without grace. Because when the rapture takes place, there will be no more grace. It's going to be extremely difficult for any of us to be able to withstand the wickedness of the Antichrist. We are better off to seek the Lord today. While it is called today, when grace avails, so we'll be ready to meet the Lord at our roll call. In Revelation chapter 20 from 11 through 13, Revelations 20:11 to 13. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, 
from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, but there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. This will be the final roll call. And this will be at the end of the millennium. But for you and I, if by the grace of God we pay attention to the teachings that we receive in this glorious gospel, and we acknowledge our sins, repent of them, pray, and the Lord saves us, and we keep saved, we have nothing to worry. Because once we are raptured, or once we die in the Lord, at this white throne judgment will just be there. That book of life will have our names. It will just be evidence that we made it. But this judgment is for those who disobeyed God. It is for those who were sinful, those who did not repent, those who did not pay attention to their teachings. Those who did not accept Christ, they would be judged. The rich, the poor, the young and the old, strong and weak, it, it doesn't matter whether we're educated or not, and every nationality will be there, and our political affiliation will be irrelevant at this time. Those cremated, those dead in the sea, wherever we are, the God who made us from the dust will gather everybody and will meet at his presence. And like the person who was invited to the supper without the wedding garment, we will be speechless. Nobody will be able to make an argument or to say a word. We will stand speechless. But we want to be there with our names in the book of life. There is this false teaching of purgatory that has its roots in the ancient past. Some people believe that when one dies, he may go through some period of uh, cleansing and eventually be made ready for heaven. But the good thing about the Word of God is that it is very clear. And in the account of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, it was made very clear that the rich man went to hell and that, the, and that Lazarus went to heaven. Uh, Jesus did not say that there was a middle ground where people would be purged. If there was, Jesus would have told us but people have looked at some scriptures to turn them around to support this false teaching. 
which does not exist. We have learned many lessons to know that if we are saved today and we sin tomorrow, our sin will not take us to heaven. And if we are sinful and we convert and are saved, that will take us to heaven. So it's very clear that we cannot, no sinner will go to heaven. So we may not deceive ourselves with some of these false teachings. There is nothing like effortless Christianity. To be a child of God, to serve God faithfully, to want to make heaven, there is a price to pay. There are consecrations to make. We may have to deny ourselves, but it's a good thing to do because it will take us to heaven. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 27, Revelation 21, 27. And then shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Our ultimate goal, I believe, is to make heaven, to be in the new Jerusalem, which the Lord is talking about here. But to be able to make it to the new Jerusalem, we have to address these three main categories of sin. It talks about defilement, it talks about abomination, and then it talks about a lie. I took the definitions from our search, so the final here, that is corruption of purity, and abomination, that is hate, and lies, that is untrue statements. If you look at these three sins, every sin is within one of them. It covers everything that we can think about. And I think the purpose of these meetings we have had in the last week or so is meant to address the sin question. We can call this meeting a sin clink. We have come to hear the word of God to be healed of our sin disease. There is no medication, there is no therapy that can heal of sin. But the blood of Jesus is able to heal us of our sins. And we have had testimonies in this auditorium, many testimonies how the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Many people have testified to the power of salvation, of the power of God to save, to sanctify, and to fill with the Holy Ghost and fire, and to even heal us of our diseases. So, there is only one answer to qualify us to be part of the Lamb's Book of Life, and that is salvation. That is what has been addressed throughout all these meetings. And we pray that God will help us, that every one of us will take advantage of the privileges and the opportunities that we have in this glorious gospel to be saved. If we are saved, then there will be no judgment for us. What we will enjoy is commendations. Recently we had a sermon in Wharton, and uh, the, the preacher talked about good reports. 
That's what we will hear. Thou good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear from God. If we are saved before the rapture or saved before we die, we are going to receive rewards. In Matthew chapter 12 verse 36, Matthew 12 36, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. A Christian needs to walk carefully. Sometimes we're able to get away because we feel we are smart, so we may manipulate and get away. But it is better to lose an argument here on this earth but gain heaven. God has an original record and that cannot be manipulated. And on the judgment day, it will be shown to us if we don't repent. And we will be speechless. Sometimes people want to have the last word, but let us have the right word. That is the truth. In the parable of the rich fool, we're not going to read that because of time. Jesus was warning about covetousness. This glorious gospel we have may not suffer at the expense of our earthly ambitions. Our roll call will come as a surprise. Jesus mentioned it about five times to the disciples that it will be at a time when they least expect. So what shall it profit a man? It will gain the whole world to the peril of our soul. But in these last days, the enemy is deceiving many of us to lay aside the work of God and to pursue other ambitions. But those ambitions will not take us to heaven if we neglect the most important of all, that is our soul. When I was coming here, I asked for permission from my boss, and she graciously accepted and forwarded my application to the administration. And then they said, oh, they could pay me if I can prove that I'm going for a religious activity. And I said, yes. So I quickly went to the website and sent a copy of the flyer to them. And then I came back and said, no, we're not going to approve because this is a, a convention. So I said, yes, no problem. They said, if you go, we will not pay you. I said, that's all right. I will still go. Then they came back and told me, if you choose to go next year, we will not allow you to teach during the summer. I said, yes, no problem. I will go. I pray that God will give me strength. But if next year I'm alive and Jesus starries, I will come for the camp meeting. I prefer to lose the summer salary to come into the house of the Lord. We also have the parable of the ten virgins that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25. It's you know, concerning to think that virgins were called foolish. 
because virgins are supposed to be people who are pure. But Jesus said five of them were wise and five were foolish. God tells us that being ready for God's roll call goes beyond being saved. These virgins, we see, had some attitude. They were negligent. They knew the truth. They knew what to do. But they neglected to take oil. We also see that they were presumptuous. May God help us not to presume. God is a God of mercy. But he's also a God of judgment. So we may not presume on the mercy of God. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, we read, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. I will also read from 1st John chapter 1 verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. I remember listening to a tip by the late Brother Carver. And he said, remember not to forget. We have been admonished here to give heed to the things which we have heard. We certainly are in the last days and we don't want to experiment of things that we are not sure of. As we read in 1 John 1, 1, it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. We know what salvation is. We know what true salvation is. We know what sanctification is. We know what the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire is. We don't want to adopt any other form of salvation. We don't want to adopt any form of gospel. There are so many Gospels out there, there are so many teachings out there, but we would rather stick to what we know, what we have proved, what we have felt, what we can testify about, what has worked for our fathers, and what is working for us. That's what we should hold on to. The devil is constantly finding ways to cause us to veer from the true path. He's smarter than we think he is. And so he knows that sometimes if he brings outright sin before us, we may not accept to do that. So he will trick us into feeling that we are okay with the Lord, when in actual fact we are not okay with the Lord. And the Bible talks about lukewarmness. The Lord says he will spill us out. So Satan will try to dilute the gospel and present to us. And we may feel we are in Christ, 
when in actual fact we are denying the power thereof. As far as I know, there are several versions of the Bible, but we stick to the King James Version. And I have not heard that there is a second edition of the Bible. It's still the original edition. We have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament. The Old Testament was a type, Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. That is what we know, that is what we practice, and we don't want to change that with anything. The, the way to heaven is still the narrow road. In thought about numbers, for us gathered here in this auditorium and online, and for this glorious gospel, I think we are here because of the quality of the gospel, not about numbers. But there are organizations that have 20 or 50-fold our number. But we thank God for Madame Crawford that she stood fast and maintained the doctrines of salvation and especially sanctification, which the enemy cannot imitate, and that is what will take us to heaven. So I pray that God will help us, that we will stick to what we have, what we know, what we have practiced. There is that temptation these days that some of us want to change things in the gospel. It's not going to help us. If we want to make heaven, we better stick to the narrow road because it will lead us home. It is restrictive, but it will lead us home. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24, 1 Timothy 5, 24, some men's sins are open beforehand going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. This is good news to us, because there is a remedy. We can get saved, and I mean today, at this meeting, and once we get saved, we'll be free from hell. We'll be qualified. So long as we maintain the salvation, we will be free from the judgment of God. So it is good that we're hearing the word of God, and now we have to act. We have heard the word of God, but we have to act. We need to be saved. We know what to do to be saved. In fact, I did not know what to do to be saved, but God saved me. I came to this church. Uh, one afternoon and in the evening, I was invited to the altar. I did not know anything about salvation. I just read about it. But at the altar, as I prayed, the Lord revealed my sins to me. Uh, I broke down and I cried, and the Lord saved me. So if we are willing, God will save us. If we want to serve him, he will reveal himself to us. We, we can throw a challenge to God that if you exist, if you are truly God, reveal yourself to me. I believe that God will reveal himself to us. So we can cover ourselves. We, we, we can be ready for this rapture or for the calling of our, I mean, for God calling us. So we escaped this roll call. Because that final roll call is a roll call that you and I wouldn't want to be judged. We want to be there just because we have made it but not to be judged.
chapter 20, verse 15, Revelation 20, verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Whosoever was not found in the book of life. But we can pray today for God to save us and we keep saved. It may be soon. We don't know when Jesus is coming. And we could be called any time. God has given us 70 years. But some people die before 70. So it's not a guarantee. But what is guaranteed is that we are saved. This morning, we like to pray. I believe we've heard a lot. It's not about the multitude of words. It's about the presence of God. And I believe God is here. And so I believe if we will go on our knees and cry to God to prepare us for this roll call, surely He will. And it will be a blessing to all of us. Before we go on our knees, I would like to quote this uh, excerpt from our publication, A Glimpse into the Future. It reads, We are living in tremendous days, the time of the end of the age and the end of the world. Have you made the proper spiritual preparation? Your answer could have awesome and irrevocable consequences. Realize that if you neglect those preparations, you are gambling with the eternal destiny of your never-dying soul. That God will help us, that we make the right choice. There's going to be a roll call. Is your name written there? Is your name in the book of life? We want to pray this morning. The song for prayer is 62. God bless you.